Is this Slee's coffin song? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, this is uh, Season of the Witch for October. Oh, all right. I didn't know what uh, we were going with. You see, you, sometimes I know the music and 98% of the other time I do not. I was looking for a good take me out to the ball game, but there's not many on YouTube. Got to get a Harry Carey, right? Where yeah. he's just slurring and spitting all over the people that are below him. Bill Murray had one on there. but Bill Murray, you know who actually has a really good one? You gotta, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, is when the Dodgers were playing in Chicago and Vin Scully did it on the mic. Okay, I'll that, look that one up. That's, that's not a bad way. Vin, this may come as a huge surprise to you, Slee, Vin was good at singing too. Is there anything that that guy was not good at? Jesus. Right? I'm just waiting for you to say, yeah, he was also in the Olympics. Um, I don't know if you know, he ran <laughs> uh, 200 meter. <laughs> I, they're, they're, you could tell me anything, Hurdles. and I would certainly believe it. You know why I like our listeners? Well, one of the many reasons why I like our listeners. Mm-hmm. They have good solutions, right? Here's Big E. Never Costco gas. Go to AMPM. You get to double up on the burgers. Genius. Right? Who, who doesn't want to get the burger and the gas? And then Probably Bilal. A lot of people, but please continue. <laughs> and then Bilal says, I go to uh, 76 instead of Costco. It's 10 cents more, but they have free fountain drinks or coffee. That covers the, di- the difference. Okay. And I didn't know uh, that. All of a sudden, definitely interested in that. That sounds like a good idea. I don't know if that's all of those particular brand of gas station or just the one that you go to, Bilal, but that's not a like You get in and get a free coffee? That's not a bad deal. Yeah, by the way, that that's all it takes. Like, you just give one of those incentives. I'm in. Like, I don't know what more you need from me, but I'm in. Just something small like that, I'm in. You want some uh, Slurpee, some Zingers, just whatever we else, whatever else you want to throw in there. Why not make it a make it a, a better day all around? Um, so obviously we're hoping AD plays well and plays often. We're yep. hoping that LeBron plays well and plays often. Hope that Russ fits in and everything works out, and the complimentary players are successful that that would be an ideal season for the lakers um the reality of it is the the one thing that i think we can all kind of bank on for sure that's going to be a big deal for the lakers this season is lebron james is going to pass kareem abdul jabbar for the all-time scoring leader uh in nba history that's going to happen somewhere if you know if his career average is what he's going to have this year give or take you know factoring in he might miss a game here or there Somewhere late January, February, so that, that's probably maybe if he misses a former games, push it deeper into February, but that's kind of where it's going to land, right? Yeah, I, I think a 50-ish games, something like yeah. that is, I think, the prediction. Yep. Okay, so obviously Kareem, Laker. Obviously mm-hmm. Kareem is incredibly well-respected. LeBron, Laker, incredibly well-respected. You would think that there would be some connective tissue there. And there isn't. There's a lot of criticism um, from Kareem directed at LeBron James, and LeBron has never really seemed to connect with Kareem in a meaningful way. He was asked recently uh, about that, about passing the record, if there's been any communication and if they have a relationship with one another, and this was his response. LeBron, with you having a chance to get the all-time scoring record this year, do you have any thoughts on Kareem and also if you have a relationship with him? No, no thoughts and no relationship. No thoughts and no mm. relationship. It's a. It's too bad because yeah, I agree with you. You you would like to see the the all time leading scorer and the soon to be all time leading scorer, considering they're wearing the same uniform when they set those marks, have some relationship. But it is interesting that because I do think that Kareem is one of the very few Laker legends that you can kind of butt heads with that Laker fans will allow it to happen because while he's incredibly well-respected, he's not loved in the way that a guy like Magic Johnson or Kobe Bryant was. Yeah, Kareem's always had – it's – 
you know, you look at some of the the Laker greats and the more recent ones, and I'm talking about from the '80s on. Um, you feel a certain way. Shaq's got this bubbling personality, sure. and every time you talk about Shaq, uh, and, and this actually had come up a couple years ago. We did the Lakers starting five, greatest Lakers starting five. We're at media day, and we asked a question to LeBron, and LeBron goes through this. His he's got um, Jerry West on there, sure. and uh, he's um, he, Kobe's on there, Magic's on there, Kareem is on that, or I'm sorry, Shaq is on that list at his center. And he kind of explains, you know, Shaq was just so dominant, this and that. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of funny that this just kind of happened in the last week or so. We had reposted that. It was from three years ago. And then all of a sudden it was coming out and it was Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated. LeBron doesn't put Kareem in his top five greatest Lakers, his all-star team. It's from three years ago. (laughs) However, however, it was different today because – and that was before this comment had come out where he was asked – they know that that relationship. It's not one of those where you're seeing these guys have compliments for each other back and uh, back and forth during COVID. If you remember, um, during the height of COVID, uh, Co- or uh, LeBron had put up uh, a tweet just kind of questioning, "Hey, is this the flu? Is it this?" He's using, um, he was questioning, basically questioning with all the different people from a sports perspective that weren't able to play in games. You're on health and safety protocols. Kareem came out with this long comment, like, "Hey, you're." You have so many people that follow you and respect you. They're going to listen to you. This is much more serious than you're making it out to be. And they just have never had that relationship. So I, you know, I use this as an example of um, you're right about the Kareem is, is perceived different than a Shaq or a Pow or a Magic or a Kobe. Uh, but he's his own person. And, and you know, in many regards, I respect him for what he stood up for in the past, and just these two have not, they've not been able to connect the dots. That could be so wonderfully slash, you know, cringeworthy slash awkward when it does oh, happen. I know where you're going. Be- because look, I mean, Kareem, thankfully, is still with us. Kareem yep. is in good health, and, mm-hmm. and, and, LeBron is going to pass this record. It's it's you know unless LeBron just decides he don't want to play anymore and there's no way he's going to pass it and yep. it's going to happen. Um, maybe it happens on the road, so you have the uh, the the ability to say, well, I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, so Kareem doesn't have to travel with the team or anything like that. But if it happens here in Los Angeles hmm. and it happens at a Laker home game and Kareem's not there or is there, and he and LeBron have this awkward relationship that they do, that could take what should be a, a, an incredible moment. I mean, think, think about just the, the – the, the, no, no one, one has scored it was ever be more passed. points 100%. in the history of this point than this person, and he beat that person's record, and they're both standing like the, the, the Lorax looking at each other with their backs to each other. I think that was the Dr. Seuss book that I'm remembering. But it's uh, it's just so weird that they can't at least pretend for the, the sake of that day or whatever to kind of like, you're a great player, I'm a great player, let's put our arms around each other and pretend and just get through this for the night. I think... You- you think they wouldn't be? I, I think, I think they, they will. probably will, but we'll They'll know. Be politically correct, but and, we'll know, you know it's a put on, right? Because I mean, look, I mean, yes, there's yeah, no right. relationship, no comment. There's not a lot of ambiguity there. That is, I don't have a relationship, nor do I really have any interest in developing one. Let's put it this way: if there's other greats there because of the moment, right? Let's say Magic is there as well. Wouldn't be surprised. Magic Johnson sure. there. Um, what what a moment in 
in the history of the NBA. Or maybe LeBron some would, of his other great teams, like Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, like sure. take, take, any, any of those guys, right? Absolutely. And, and, and what a you know historic moment in the NBA. And on top of that, he's wearing the purple and gold mm-hmm. while he's doing it. And, uh, and I know what you're saying, that there's going to be this genuine – Magic and LeBron embrace, and then there would be an embrace with Kareem and and LeBron, and it would be different. And and by the way, I, I'm actually I'm okay with that. I, I think there's all these athletes. I'm just using sports as an example. There's a lot of guys that might respect each other. Like I respect your your body of work. I respect what you did in the league. I respect how you you know where you came from and where you are today. But it doesn't mean they like each other. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's that's very uncommon in sports or in, at work or whatever the case is. I think that's you know more common than you would think. The difference is it's all kind of coming to a head and it's leading up to a moment where these two will both you know hopefully be in the same building together when he does pass Kareem. You know what's crazy, Slee, is that they're a lot alike. They are a lot alike. They're mm. they're both really kind of unicorn type players, just by the for the longevity and the unbelievable um, a- accomplishments that they've put together. Kareem is a six time champion, and I don't know how many MVPs. I want to say four or five. Just uh, maybe it's six. It's just it's an extraordinary career with all the points that he scored. Kareem is a highly intelligent person who is sure. very comfortable expressing his viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything I just said about Kareem, you could say about LeBron. This is a guy that is a unicorn basketball player that is highly intelligent, that is very comfortable expressing himself despite knowing the fact that a lot of people don't want to hear what he has to say because they don't like the side of the, the tracks that he's on, right? They, they, don't, they don't like it because of the content, not that he's willing to say it. Both of these guys are willing to say what's on their mind. There, there are not a lot of those guys. Right, yeah, you do, you do not to have a ton of guys that are saying, "Hey, this is what I believe. I believe this is right. That's wrong, and here's why." Not a lot of guys stick their neck out like that. Both Kareem and and LeBron James do, and that they're at odds is really it's it's unfortunate. I guess look, nobody likes to be criticized. Nobody likes to be told, "Hey, you need to do better. You need to use your platform more effectively." Whatever it might be, but it really is odd that two guys that are so similar don't have a relationship. That's a good viewpoint. It really is because. You know, you kind of think back in the – there was uh, – use Michael Jordan as an example. It was kind of famous that – now he wasn't trying to get into politics. He wasn't trying to uh, – he was, let me play this down the line and let me keep printing money and not piss people off in the process. And, you know, maybe it was different behind closed doors, but at least that's that's the front that you got on it. Um, you're right that Braun and Kareem, if there's something that they want to talk about, they're not going to be shy about doing it. All right, Slee, let's do our Stat Hero weekend preview. Today is the day where the local matchups come out. You can sort by um, uh, head-to-head games. You can go on the Stat Hero app. If you don't have the Stat Hero app on your phone, I don't know what to what to tell you right now, Slee, right? That you play Stat Hero, I play Stat Hero. Yeah. The people that are just signing up for it right now, and I would encourage everybody to do it, you put in 710 as your promo code, you get a 100% deposit match 98 percent for beginning contests out yeah that one thing i'm just going to emphasize here um go to the app store download the stat hero app and i think that's step one i think once you get into it and you start looking at hey this is interesting there's a game coming up uh tonight i want to play the nba i want to play major league baseball and you could start picking games that are actually happening of course there's a lot more interest because of the local lineups but it all starts by downloading that stat hero app and like trav mentioned when you do do that and you put in the promo code 710 you get that 100 uh, deposit match and you can go cooper cup 
or C.D. Lamb. Head-to-head, local game. It's that easy. Beginning contest. you got a great chance to win. It'll be fun. Stat Hero. Put it on your phone. Go to StatHero.com. Promo code 710. Terms and conditions apply. Sean McVay um, attempts to explain why Allen Robinson can't get going. And Slee, I'm more confused than ever before. I'm going to need your help. I'm going to, I have a feeling this is one of those, Trav, you're too close to it. This is actually good news. I'm going to need you to talk me off the ledge. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> Appreciate you. That's good looking out, as they say. Thank yeah. you, Taylor. For, Do you remember the video, Slee? Thank you. <laughs> it's a good video. I don't, I don't know if I remember <laughs> Thriller and this. Those are the two videos. And, and uh, what's the Nirvana? Smells like Team Spirit. I remember that one, too. Those are like the three videos that I have locked in my memory. In this your head? Is my, yeah. No bowl constrictors, uh, bowl constrictors in that one, though. No. no, no well, it, you know, I believe the, the, the boa was in, um, that was MTV Music Awards, I want to say. Where yeah, that to this place. song. Yeah, yeah. Just, just saying, Slee. I, um, I listen to this every morning. <laughs> when I, I wake up, I, before I even have coffee, <laughs> this kind of gets it going. You know what I mean? I don't think it gets you going quite the way it gets me going. I'm just saying that there's a reason that it never. And anyway, we'll just we'll we'll, yeah, we'll move on. Yeah, that'd from be that. great to move on. Let's definitely. <laughs> well, now that you don't want to, makes me want to double back on. and spend okay. some more time. No, you know what? I'm in. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> See, the the thing was is that that was a big snake. Like it was heavy. Like sure. she could barely hold it over her head. Right. Right. I mean, it was longer than her entire and I don't know, body. Have you ever seen National Geographic? That looked a little dangerous. <laughs> Well, yes, it did for for different reasons, but it did seem uh, it did seem a little dangerous along the way. You ready for another uh, Astley, a little late edition sure. Astley? We've yeah, gotten a bunch it. of this in a million different ways, so I just kind of wanted to throw it in there. What would yeah. you do with the ball if you'd gotten sixty two last night? Because the guy that got it said he's not quite sure what he's going to do yet. That's from Ryan in La Jolla. First off, that's a great response. You know, I'm not sure, uh, guys. I just caught the ball. Uh, I'm going to have to figure this out. But, um, uh, yeah, we'll find out. We'll see what happens. Knowing already what I'm going to do. Listen, I'm not trying to be an a-hole. I'm not trying to uh, – um, you don't have too many moments in your life where you can make a million dollars right out the gate, okay? Mm-hmm. You don't have too many moments in your life that could literally be life-changing. Now, I, I think there's maybe a way to do it. Maybe you do something where, 
hey, whatever it sells for, X percentage is going to go to charity. And, uh, you know, however you want to do it, however you choose that charity, there's a way where kind of I think everybody wins. But if you think I'm just handing the ball back to the New York Yankees or handing the ball back to Aaron Judge, guys and franchises that have more money than they know what to do with, I'm probably not doing that. I'm, the, I really don't think I'm doing that. There's a huge difference. I mean, and there, there's two different balls, right? There's okay. the first career home run ball that means nothing to anybody other than the guy that hit it, right? Like they, it's, I just got called up from the minor leagues. I got in the lineup and I hit a home run. It'd be really cool to have that ball because I don't look, that might be the only one I ever hit. I have no 120 idea. bucks. It's yours, right? <laughs> and if you hold me up for 120 bucks on that, you are a bad guy because that ball literally has no value if you just want to trade it to me with a signed different ball great sure. I, here yep. it's yours it doesn't mean anything to me it means everything to you if you hit a two million dollar lottery ticket that lands you, in my what, lap what do you want me to do i have to sell it i what do you want me to do i'm doing my family a disservice i'm doing myself a disservice i'm doing i have to sell this thing to the highest bidder because it i I won the lottery. It's a life-altering moment. I got incredibly lucky. I'm not giving it back to you. I'm going to sell it. I, I think that it's the only decision. I, unless it lands in Warren Buffett's lap, who who just gives it away? So who who's – is it somebody – Now I, I'm not 100% sure how this works. Is Aaron Judge trying to get it back or the Yankees trying to get it back? Or is somebody just, hey, no, this is obviously a collectible memorabilia. I'll be able to sell it for X amount of dollars later on. How does it work? I think it's more – somebody probably reaches out and says, hey, you know – what do you want to do? And you need to be, you need Cooperstown, to be, right? Yeah. Well, Cooperstown would like to have it, but it's the guy that caught it. It's his ball. He, you know, mm -hmm. that's the kind of the law of the land. He gets to do with it what he wants. Um, you try, but no, I mean, it's, it's too valuable. I think if you asked, I think if you asked most people and again, it is a, it's nothing personal. It's just business. Um, yep. I think if you ask most people, don't you think it would be like, 90%, 95% of people. If I said, hey, this this baseball that you just got at a game is worth $2 million, are you going to sell it for $2 million or are you going to go get Yankee season tickets for Stop. next season and they're going to give you four tickets? By the way, just so you know, there's a hot dog and a soft drink included <laughs> for one of those tickets. Come on. Yeah, I no, mean, it's a no-brainer. I'm with you too. Like I, I get the whole... Uh, people trying to say that you know it, it's the right thing to do. Let me tell you what the right no the thing right to thing do is. to do is to sell go it take for care two million of your dollars. Family. Yeah, go. And by the way, just go sell for two million and whatever you want to do with it. If you want to sell for two million and give five hundred thousand to a charity, you're a better person than just handing it I'll, to somebody else. That's I'll gonna keep happen. the five hundred thousand too. Thank you very much. Like I, I mean, I, 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 I like to consider to myself a pretty magnanimous guy, but I'm not. It's life-altering money. I have to keep it. I have to keep it. A little bit of breaking news on 710 brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and coupons today. A little bit of a surprise here, Slee. Okay. Uh, according to Bill Shaken, uh, the Angels have signed manager Phil Nevin to a one-year contract for the upcoming 2023 season. So um, one-year deal, which is, you know, it's it's a one-year deal. We all know what that means, that they're not really buying in. It feels more like hey, we got to have some sort of stability when we go to sell this to whoever ultimately ends up buying it. And if you want to change them out, you only got them for one year, you can do it. But Phil Nevin, who did, you know, it did probably the best anybody could do under the circumstances, but he'll be back for another year.
So it, it's so it's breaking news to me too. I, I I hadn't even seen it. So right when you guys played, I was like, well, what happened? I didn't see it. <laughs> um, look, an initial initial reaction is uh, is Phil Nevin going to be the answer for that franchise's future? Um, is does Shohei Otani want Phil Nevin as the manager of that team? And I don't have the answer to that. I would lean more towards, hey, Shohei. They had to run it by both those guys, right? You have to run well, it by I'll, both Trout and Otani. If they say, eh, I'm not really feeling it, dude wouldn't be coming back. Well, I was just going to say, I was going to say that the, the Shohei piece of it is, hey, Shohei, you good with this? And and for all we know, Shohei may not be there in a year anyways. And Shohei's probably saying, like, look, I don't want to get into the middle of this. But I think what you just said about new ownership, um, one year is nothing. And I think what it could at least do is you're not signing him to a long-term deal where all of a sudden new ownership has to take on something where there's a very strong likelihood this is what new owners do. They want to put in their own people. And whether that's a general manager or that's a manager, um, whatever the case is. So one year I think is, you know, that's that's a, a very safe thing to do. But I think with every decision they make, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is Shohei okay with it or not? For, for sure. And whoever ends up buying the team is going to come in and evaluate all of this. They're going to evaluate Perry Manassian, who's the GM. They're going to evaluate Phil Nevin, who's the, the manager. They'll go through the director of scouting. They'll go through the team president. And every other person that has a you know an important job inside that organization, you said it. We, I didn't buy this team to let you guys keep doing what you've been doing for the last 20 years. Your, your way doesn't work. Uh, we're going to try it my way. If you're, you know, and again, I'm just putting out local rich guys. If it's Steve Ballmer, if it's Stan Kroenke, if it's Joe Lacob, if it's any of those sort of guys, they they have a track record of putting things sure. together. They're going to want to put it together their way. Yeah, that, that's uh, so. It's interesting. It's a. I, I think everything now with the Angels, which in, in my opinion is such a better conversation than a couple months ago. Everything now with the Angels is. I wonder how new ownership – I wonder what new ownership would do with this. I wonder how they're going to handle this, and that in itself is refreshing for Angel fans out there. I like also knowing that the manager of one of the local Major League Baseball teams is a person who has taken me deep on multiple occasions. I remember you mentioning that. <laughs> yeah, you've talked about that a couple uh, times. High school, check. Uh-huh. College, check. Summer leagues, check. That he had a good career. Phil Nevin was the number one overall draft pick, uh, I want to say 1992 or three. Mm-hmm. Um, won the Golden Spikes, which is the equivalent of uh, the Heisman Trophy in college baseball. And he, I, I probably have pitched to him, gosh, I don't know, 25 times. I think I've gotten him out like four. He's batting 800 against me, Slee, with with a slugging percentage of probably six trillion. Just disappointing you didn't go high inside a little bit, just to kind Wouldn't of overplayed a little bit. Wouldn't have hurt. It's like getting hit with a wiffle ball. If he saw you, it's hard to back a guy off today. the plate when you throw 81 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's wait, look. If you're Shohei and you stand someone up with 101, that makes you a little uncomfortable. But dude, don't make me come in here with 78. I'll do it. Was that a curveball? No, that's literally that's my heat. That is my heat. That's what I, I have. I'm gonna run it, I, dude. I'm gonna reach back. I'm gonna get to 81, and and that could leave a, that could leave a bruise, Phil. If if I catch you just right, that could leave a bruise. That could hurt for like a day. All right, I he mean, sees you right now. Does he recognize you from when you guys played against each other? Not one chance. Not no? a single chance could that happen. The uh, El Dorado. What if you remind him? What if you say, hey? I was a guy that, you know, laid a couple up there for you. If I said to him, look, so, okay, 
El Dorado High School, where he went, where the Boone brothers went, Pete and Nikki, they knocked my Arcadia Apaches out of the CIF playoffs uh, 1989, second round of the playoffs. They went on to win the whole thing. Um, so that happened. And he wore, I didn't start that game. Came, I actually pitched pretty well in that game. Then he used to clobber me when he was at Fullerton and I was at Santa Barbara. We played against each other in some summer leagues. So maybe he's saying, hey, is that that <laughs> fat guy that went. I used to just smash every time he'd go out to the mountain? <laughs> There's, there's Emily, don't laugh at that. Is that Roger Lodge? <laughs> yeah. I, Emily, not laugh at anything until Travis calls himself a fat guy. Well, it was hey. true. I was I was a less fat guy then. I was more of a soft. Like oh, I, by the so way, here's what it is, Lee. I'd walk out there. I'm six foot three, and at the time, I was not heavy. I was like 215 pounds, feeling pretty good about myself. Get out there, and I'd let that first one go. They're like. Wait, that guy's throwing like that? That's a that's embarrassing, dude. You throw like you're five seven. Why why are you doing that? You why chug why a don't beer? you throw any Yeah, beat harder? me in that. Beat me in chugging a beer, huh, Phil? Oh my gosh. Did you guys see it on Twitter? Somebody sent it. I think they sent it to all of us. There's this college girl. I think at University of Georgia, I think. Oh, yeah. Sar. Oh, my. Well, she cracks the can on her head first. No, no, no. Not her. Not the girl that smashes the can on her head. She has a pint glass full of beer. She She would destroy me. I've never, I've never Let's seen anything up. like it. It was she could do two in the time I could do one. Just an extraordinary accomplishment. We're too far afield. Factor cap coming up next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. Hey guys, welcome to Factor Fiction for today. Uh, so <laughs> right? just make sure that we answer correctly uh, this time. Uh, but yesterday, <laughs> it was a funny story. So yesterday I went to um, uh, trivia with a, actually, oh, so I went to dinner with my friend. It's a newer friend, um, but had a good time. Then our waitress comes up and says, hey, you're going to play trivia? And then I was like, what? And so we're like, oh, might as well. It's going to be fun to play trivia. End up, my friend has to go. She has to go play. She's in a softball league, so she leaves early and goes play softball. So, but at that point in time, we were in first. So I'm not going to just leave when we're winning. Hmm. And so I stay and I play trivia by myself and I ended in third place. But it's probably the best I've ever done. What is, do you, is there a prize for third place? Yeah, just a, a gift um, card, right? <laughs> not this bar. It's just a free beer. So, hey, you know, free beer. <laughs> a, a free beer is fine with me. Is a it like $7. a domestic draft or can you go like micro brew import? <laughs> like, what do we get? Daddy Ice at, Light. <laughs> <laughs> this is at a brewery. So it's like, it was uh, whatever, one of their ones. It was yeah. like just a uh, blonde. So, but, you know, I I, uh, I got the winner and uh, Slee will be happy. My team name was Charlie McDennis because I am a big fan. Of, uh, of It's Always Sunny. All right, so <laughs> up first, this Perfect. is related to this. Um, again, this was a new friend, and I get really competitive with trivia. I want to win, and I know the answers, and I want to get them out there. So, uh, But <laughs> I was worried about this with the new friend. So you don't like people seeing your competitive side. Travis, factor cap. Um, cap. I- I'm okay with it. I, I, I the things that I'm competitive with, I'm comfortable being competitive with, and if you don't like that, I'm okay with that too. I think that I, I understand the scenario that you're describing. It's a new person. You're kind of you know trying to put your best foot forward, so to speak. I, I get that, but if if you are competitive and that person doesn't like it, it's not going to work out anyway. Right, because if you have somebody that is like, we have to win at trivia. I need that free beer, and the other person's like, dude, I just kind of want to hang out. That's probably not a great fit. So yeah, let let your competitive flag fly. Why not? All right, Al. I think I go more on fact for this one. Um, 
kind of like the uh, quiet, silent assassin approach of not letting people know that you're that competitive, but even inside you're actually that competitive. But I think it has more to do with depends what it is, right? Like the trivia you're talking about um, and you're at a bar, you're having a good time. I don't think I'm going to be competitive in that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I always remember like there's certain athletes who will say, oh, I'm competitive everything. No, I beat my four-year-old in a basketball game because uh, I'm that competitive. I'm like, well, just let your four-year-old win. It's going to be okay. <laughs> certain things I'm competitive on, very selective with what I'm competitive on. That I, I don't think I'd be as, as concerned about. Uh, Taylor? Are you sure this friend had softball practice, or were they just a little scared by your? Were they scared by your? She told me ahead of time there's softball. It wasn't just did, a getting out of it. Did she say, "Hey, I gotta go. I have softball," or did she say, "I have to go. I have to, um, uh, yeah, uh, softball." <laughs> did they- I have softball <laughs> Netflix? Yeah, what? Yeah, okay, no. this is fact for me too. I think, uh, as you guys know, it takes me a while to warm up to people. So, um, yeah, just emotions in general. Are you warm to any of us yet? Yeah, I'm getting there. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, all good. All right, so this one takes a little bit of explaining um, to get into it. So, uh, the Reds More have- explaining than the trivia? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope slight, not. Slight. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, <laughs> the Reds have a promotion for their game where uh, if a player on their team hits a sign in the outfield, a randomly selected fan has a chance to win a Toyota Tundra. Cool. So that's kind of a thing. Cool it contest. It almost never happens, and uh, it, I think it's only happened like once in the past couple of years. So Because it's in a weird spot or a really far spot? It's in know? a weird spot. Okay. It has to be like a, a, a very interestingly hit ball. Okay. So Joey Votto was in the booth yesterday, and he said this uh, during the game. I feel like nobody wins the Toyota Tundra. Let's do something this inning. So if anybody homers on the right side of center field, I'll buy the truck for the fan. Wow. Yeah, why not? Any home run to just right of center. Yeah, from 404 to the 325. Someone's got to win a truck. I'm sick of this. No one's won a truck ever since I've been in this in this stadium. Or excuse me, in this uniform. So just a couple plays later. Real quick, Sorry. Joey Votto's my new favorite player. Go ahead. He's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's badass. Just a few plays later, uh, someone just barely went foul, and oh. so he almost ended by the truck. Uh, and he was like, maybe it's going to be used toy tundra. <laughs> anyway, but the statement I'm going to say is, um, you have ever won something at a game, at a bingo night, all this stuff. You've ever won something uh, out of surprise. Uh, Alan, Patrick Cap. Okay, so first off, that is such a, you know, so many times you have these promotions and when nobody wins, it's actually bad publicity, right? So like what Gallo is saying right there, uh, Votto. or I'm sorry, Votto is saying right there specifically about, hey, I will just buy somebody a truck. Anytime somebody wins, it's better for that promotion and for that company. So hopefully somebody wins. Hopefully uh, he ends up giving somebody something. You know what I won? And this is the stupidest thing, but it always comes up. Uh, back in the day, so Raging Waters, right? Raging Waters was the water park? Yep. Okay, Trav, there was a contest. It was so stupid. It was you had to guess between what was Coke and what was Pepsi. Like the that Pepsi was, challenge? That was the contest? Maybe that's what it was. I, I don't know what it was called. But that's literally all you had to do. Is Are you drinking a Coca-Cola or are you drinking a Pepsi? And I did the test. I guess Coke. I was right on the Coke, and I won some stupid thing. It was literally whatever you would get at a – and a I Coke. went back to my family like I won the lotto. I'm like, guys, I did it. <laughs> I, I did it. 
I think I won like a beach ball or something like that, right? And I I went back with such swagger, they would have thought like Allen owns 15% of the park. No, I just got a beach volleyball. That was it. <laughs> Okay. I, I've never won a thing in my life, so I'm 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 cap on this. I've I raffles, you know, any of that stuff. I've had absolutely no luck. Like I, I really can't even come up with a single thing. However, Bobby, my oldest, wins. Every, if there's a raffle, he will win it. I, I don't know. He has this uncanny ability. Bobby's could, could, just such a legend. A lucky guy. The, what a the, legend. We we went to this. Uh, was it an Astros game? I think it was an Astros game. We were living in in Houston, and they had a you can buy like ten tickets and put your tickets in this thing, and you would win that prize if that was the ticket that got pulled out. There was this thing that had like UT lawn chairs and a flag and a beach towel and all these things. There were hundreds of tickets in this bin. He's like, I want that. I'm putting my tickets in there, and. And like Bobby, spread it around. You got you know, it's just pick ten different things. But no, no, I'm putting all ten tickets in there. Bam, he wins. I mean, it's like, and he goes, "I told you I was going to win. I put ten tickets in." I'm like, "There's six thousand tickets in that bin. They're the odds of them pulling your name out are really." And he won, so he obviously knows how to play the games better than I do. Taylor, fact: uh, When I was 13, you know those adjustable basketball hoops? You put sand in the bottom or mm-hmm. water at the bottom. I won. I won one of those at Fairway Grocery Stores. And uh, bro, that's a big it. prize. It was a raffle. Okay. Yeah. So I put the raffle in, and then they called me up a month later, said you're the winner, and I yeah put it out next to the barn, and that's a great prize. Dunking on it when it's seven and a half feet, you know. Can I can I tell you something? I'm a little bummed out that that was the hoop you had because in my mind's eye, your hoop was on the barn. Like I'm thinking like Jimmy <laughs> Chipwood from from uh, a basket, Hoosiers. A like basket. I'm thinking it's just this iron ring, no backboard, just glued to the side of the barn that no. you had like the fancy. Adjustable I like the adjustable one. one that I could you know dunk on. Well, when sure. Was, Who doesn't when I was like shorter. that? Yeah, yep. you didn't even need to adjust it. The adjustment was for me, not for you, Taylor. <laughs> well, it wasn't that tall when I was 13, you know. Um, so, uh, today's the anniversary of one of my favorite shows of all time. Very watchable for me, Gilmore Girls. So, it came out on this day in 2000. So, though this show is a show that reminds me so much of fall. It's a very seasonal show, and so like when I sit down and watch it, it feels like it's fall. So, there's a show or a movie that always reminds you of fall. Taylor, Fetter Cap. Hmm. I guess just any scary movie. Um, yeah. Exorcist or Silence of the season. Lambs. I like those old school scary movies, and they always remind me of, you know, just, yeah, spooky season. Trev? Sunday Night Football. Honestly, I mean, it's 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 not a super creative, but I, that's the one. When football season starts, it means we got a month of hot weather. And again, as a native Southern Californian, we don't have like seasons, seasons, yeah. but it means that it's about to get slightly cooler for the next couple of months. So every time football season starts, not college football, when you get that first NFL, that Sunday night game of the year, it's like, all right, it's about to cool off. I got a couple here. So Halloween, Mike Myers, anytime I see that, cause they're going to play it 480 times in the month of October, you start thinking of fall. Um, another one too, that's so random, but I think, Trav, when you grew up, how far were you from your high school? Like from like, my house to my high school? Uh, close co- enough close enough to hear the football games or no? No, not that close. It was, I was okay. three or four miles away. Okay, so we were like probably a half mile away from my high school. Okay. And every time you started hearing the announcers, not the announcers, you know, just it's a Granite Hills football game and they're go playing Eagles. Valhalla. There you go. Go Eagles. By the way, I ran into somebody yesterday, listens to the show. Manny, shout out to him, went to Arcadia, Arcadia High and kept go talking Apaches. about, and literally he's like, every time Travis mentions it, I just think of high school. <laughs> um, but every time I would hear football games, I'm like, oh no, 
yeah, we're we're here. It's fall. So it's kind of like the it it could be a movie, it could be a TV show, or it could be just something that happens that completely changes something. For me, it was the high school. Okay, I got one for you. So I I, I just saw this, and I've I, I don't know. You tell me. Can you tell that I've been in a good mood today? No. No, I, I am. I am in a That's particularly a good mood today. So even if you can't tell, I am in a good mood, or at least I was until I saw what's going on with Bobby Wagner. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. I think there's another one, right? Isn't there another one that's coming out, or is that just on pay-per-view that I'm seeing? Another Halloween movie? This Halloween 33 yeah, right, and Fast and Furious <laughs> 44 are coming out Halloween on the same ends weekend. Halloween is what it's called, I think. They should have a crossover. They should have like sure. a Fast yep. and the Furious with Jamie yep. Lee Curtis, and then with Halloween, they should put like Ludacris in it. You think or that Vin Diesel or whatever. He takes off, Michael Myers takes off with a mask and it's just Vin Diesel. Uh, hey, I like that. The Vin creativity. Diesel chasing Ludacris through the streets of whatever town and it's, that is. Well, it's in LA now, so it's just Michael Myers has traveled a little bit, so... <laughs> We're, look, we have we should Burge, open a production the company. two brands together. Why not? Why, <laughs> why not? We should do it. Um, I'm assuming everybody saw this, but they did not show it on the Monday Night Football broadcast. A fan runs out onto the field in the middle of the game. He's he's trailing a canister of pink smoke. Okay, and he's running around out there doing what guys do that run on the field, causing a scene, being an idiot, and eventually uh, he makes his way over towards the Rams bench. That is when Bobby Wagner and uh, his teammate Tack McKinley just flattened the dude. Just absolutely. Did you see it, Sleep? Just the, the yeah, hit that Bobby it. Wagner laid it, on that guy? Like, like you just mentioned, this is a perfect example of when something goes down and TV doesn't show it. Mm-hmm. You just need one or two people inside the stadium with their camera. It's all over Twitter. So it's like <laughs> For you, had, sure. you, you had no. You were going to see it either way, whether they had it on the national broadcast or not. So he gets way too close to the Rams bench, and Wagner and McKinley, they lay him out. They, they give him a pretty good shot. Down he goes. Security scoops him up. They uh, detain him. They cite him, and he is released. Well, Slee, fast forward. Um, according to TMZ, the fan who got knocked over has filed a police report over the incident. Mm-hmm. That, that he has filed a report claiming that it was a blatant assault um, by two Rams players. Dude, you ran out onto the field trailing a canister of smoke that nobody knows what it is. I don't know why you're out there. Nobody else knows why you're out there. You're yeah. getting a little bit close to me and my family, in, in Bobby Wagner's case, my teammates. What, am I supposed to wait and find out what you're up to before I put you on your back? I how is I, I know that there's all sorts of crazy lawsuits that exist out there, but yeah. how is this a thing? So I'll tell you why I think it's a thing. So if – these are protesters. They they have a specific reason why they're on the field. They're activists. They're trying to raise awareness towards. How do I know up. that though? When he's out you don't there. know that. Yeah. You don't know that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you kind of the details on this. Or I won't give you the details. But I think this is kind of part of the. Hey, what an opportunity here. We had already gone on the field trying to raise awareness for whatever we're trying to raise awareness to, and they there's a good chance they didn't expect a couple NFL players to take them out. Okay, that's not – I don't think that was in the playbook. They thought it was just going to be a random security guard. That That's usually how it works. You might make a couple of moves before a security guard finally takes you down. 
Um, and then you raise the awareness you want. You know what this is? This is, in my opinion, it's the same thing of, hey, here's another opportunity to raise awareness. If we do this, then there's even more awareness that's going to go about it. Maybe some couple idiots who do a show from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. are going to spend some of their time on Wednesday talking about it. I think it has more to do with that. I could be completely wrong, but um, there is common sense, and then there's what they're trying to do, which is just get exposure. I, I want to go a step further. The, okay. there, there's kind of this unwritten rule. Maybe, maybe shoot, maybe it is written somewhere. What do we? We we don't Back go baseball. We don't go over that line. You don't come over this line. Yeah. If, if you do, all bets are off. If we do, all bets are off. Like when. Ron Artest a million years ago, the mouse at the palace is like, well, there, there's just, okay, this is this is bad because he's in a place he's not supposed to be. And then sure. fast forward five minutes later. We can't protect later, him when he's up there, Of right. course. Five mm-hmm. minutes later, a fan is down on the court literally raising his fist at Jermaine O'Neal, and he's like, are, are you really trying to fight me? All right. And, you know, thank goodness to this day that he slipped and missed that punch. But when you go down there, you don't get to do anything other than get what's coming your way. That when you go near Bobby, Bobby Wagner doesn't know what you're up to. Okay, he doesn't know that you have a cause. He doesn't know that you're out there raising awareness. He thinks that, and, and I like what you're saying, Slee, that this is just another attempt to get their organization's name I said think out loud. That could be way but off. Yep. If Bobby Wagner, and you know, hopefully this guy was all right, but if he hit him and dislocated his shoulder or something, it's like that, dude. That's your fault. We're not there. There is no assault. You went down there and got in his way, and he didn't know what you're up to. He's protecting himself. We um. It's so easy for us to just kind of – but can you imagine being a, a just a, a big-time athlete and everywhere you go, you go into an uh, opposing arena or something. And listen, I know they do their best to make sure everything's safe. Can you just imagine day-to-day what is being said to players, um, you know, going through locker rooms, coming out of locker rooms. Remember that game LeBron went back to Cleveland for the first time when he after he signed with Miami? And it was just like such a – weird environment, a hostile environment. I can't even imagine what any of that is before anybody's even on the field. Well, what happens when there's a dude on the field and you have absolutely no idea what yep. his intention is or what he's trying to do? Uh, yeah, listen, I'm with you. You got to – I, I don't know of other times, and maybe this has happened, I'm just not paying attention to it. I don't know of other times where an athlete actually took down whoever was streaking or whoever was going out on the field or on a baseball field or something like that, but – yeah, this is a interesting twist. I don't think we thought. How do they get that smoke in the into the stadium too? Like, how to get past, past Emily, security? It's that like- is such a good question. That is such a good. Honestly, it puts a chill down your spine if you stop and think about that for a second. Yeah, it, it's a it's a really good question, and I don't want to think about it because it's super super scary. Uh, how about this? I want you to listen to this. This is Sean McVay talking about. Um, the inability to get Allen Robinson going, the inability to get really anybody other than Cooper Cup and maybe a little bit Tyler Higby going. And tell me if this makes you feel any better about where they are with uh, their struggles with the wide receivers. And it's just kind of been a struggle overall. There's been a lot of different things. Um, you know, being able to get receivers, the ball is such a product in the, of the offense as a whole. And we're at our best when everybody's getting involved. And you look at, you know, the two games that we've been able to kind of stay on schedule. It's It's been getting different guys involved. And obviously, Cooper's a huge part of it. But um, whether it be Allen or any of the other eligibles, those are things that we're continuing to work towards. And, you know, we got a lot of work to do. We still have a lot of time. But, you know, we've got, we've got to be better for sure. Almostly, almost that makes as little sense as my soup question. I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't even know what the, what that means. Uh, Alan and the other eligibles, you know, we got to do that. What? So, I have no can, idea what that means. <laughs> neither, neither do I. Ne- neither do I. That oh. 
this idea of the guy that Bobby Wagner is, excuse me, Bobby, uh, Bobby, I can't even talk right now. Robert Woods, Bobby Three Trees. Robert Woods is in Tennessee right now because they chose Allen Robinson. Yep. They, they decided Allen Robinson's going to help us more. Allen Robinson has been, I, I, there, there really is no word other than absent through the first four games of the season. He's got nine catches, he's got one touchdown. They're not looking at him. He's not open. When they do throw him the ball, they're incredibly short gains, you know, talking three, four yards, a crack. And there he is absolutely not a part of the offense. This, well, we're struggling across the board. No, you're not. Tyler Higby's catching passes. Cooper Cup's catching passes. You're not even looking at him. When you hear this explanation, it just confuses me all over again. Yeah, it's funny because I laughed when you were teasing this because I know how frustrated you were on Tuesday trying to figure out why nobody's really kind of addressing it while everybody kind of keeps dancing around it. And then Emily sends us this quote. This was from yesterday. Emily sends a quote. Hey, take a listen. McVay's talking about Allen Robinson. And there was no point of that quote where I'm like, uh, yeah, there's it, the same dance around that you know they've been doing here the last uh-huh. couple of days. I don't have an answer to it. I don't think anybody does. To be honest with you, I, th- I think the, the right now with the Rams – there's a lot of head-scratching moments. Um, there's some stats here that you just kind of look at where they are ranked offensively. Obviously, the offensive line has been awful. Tell me your, tell me who's a threat in the backfield that you feel like, hey, you could take a little bit of pressure off of us, and now all of a sudden the other team doesn't know whether we're going to hand the ball off or we're going to throw. Uh, Stafford threw the ball 48 times uh-huh. on Monday night. 48 times on Monday night. And and you can't – and and Allen Robinson had two catches for seven yards – 48 times he threw. it's not like the running game was so dominant and you were you know you just decided well let's just not throw the ball because we're winning doing this you needed to throw the ball and you still only caught two for seven I I'm not saying that this is the explanation for any of these okay. struggles but I'm saying I, I would feel better if whether it was Allen Robinson or McVay or or Stafford or, or or any of the Liam Cohen the offensive coordinator any of the guys would say hey listen He's, he's struggling with the playbook a little bit. He's not quite up to speed with what he needs. Or, hey, listen, he's not getting any separation, and that that's the problem. We're not able to create any space. Or we're calling plays that are specifically designed to go to other places. Any of these things. He's got a sore finger and an ankle. Like some sort of tangible explanation other than, yeah, we need to spread it around a little more. You spent a lot of money. You let a very good player leave. Or, or you traded him, I should say, for a six-round draft pick in in Robert Woods because the expectation was this guy was going to have a huge impact on your team. And it's not that he's dropping the bunch of balls. It's not that they're throwing into him and he's just not able to, to, to break free. They're not using him. And, and there has to be an explanation other than, well, you know, nothing's really going all that great right now. We're struggling across the board. I get it, but Cooper Cup's open. Tyler Higby gets open. Ben Skoranek has more catches than Allen. I mean, there's, there's, it has to be more than just we're kind of struggling across the board. This does not help me at all. You just want, you want more clarity. I, th- I think you're looking for more of an explanation. That's fair, and I think Rams fans are as well. And hopefully, listen, this is a awful, awful start for the Rams. But they're two and two, and uh, every other team in the division is two and two, and. Maybe starting on Sunday against the Cowboys, Allen Robinson starts turning it around. What do a 110-win baseball team and Ricky Bobby have in common? That's next. Stravin Slee, 710 ESPN.